Welcome to Journey of an Esthete podcast for one of our ongoing book lunches. It's a series I inaugurated uh, about a year ago, I suppose, in which we feature a single book. And I'm really delighted for a couple of reasons on this particular book lunch. One is that we're discussing one of my favorite books. Marcel Gaucher, The Disenchantment of the World, A Political History of Religion, which I believe was written and published in the 80s originally, correct? Um, Mid-1980s. And above all, we have a scholar and expert, a returning guest, Michael Barrett, who was here recently to discuss uh, Michel Foucault. And now we're going to discuss Marcel Gaucher and this really, I have to say, I really love this book. It, it, um, I'm even, even more impressed with this book than Karen Armstrong or Elaine Pagels, as great as, as those two folks are. And, and um, this seems to me some, somewhat different. I've never read a book. And speaking personally, I just reread it this, this week, actually. I've never read a book um, about religious history as interesting as this one and as thought-provoking. So, Michael, where do you want to begin? There's a lot to talk about. I know you, you, you wrote an article for Descent Magazine on Gaucher, right? And, and, and I know that you uh, teach him, and you're fortunate enough also to have read his, um, in French, his multi-volume, what is it, Democracy, or what is it? That what it was? Um, yes, he's written a, a four-volume work on right. sort of the contemporary history of democracy. That's right. And you and you and you're involved in that. Is there anything you wanted to uh, start with and uh, talking about Gaucher and this book, or uh, you, it's your choice which you want to direction you want to go in? Of course, but well, you should absolutely lead the conversation, obviously. But I guess maybe you know one place to start is just to try to to say a little bit about. Um, who Gaucher is, and to uh, to sort of try to 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 situate him in intellectual life. Um, I mean, he's he's an interesting uh, figure. I would definitely say that he is, whatever this means, a prominent uh, French writer, philosopher, um, intellectual. Mm -hmm. uh, he, you know, just just a few things about him. I mean, he uh, he he is in some ways um an academic or, or someone who's had a career as an academic i think he's retired now um but his his trajectory is is a somewhat atypical one uh he uh first of all is is born um in the post-war years um in uh in rural france in normandy uh tries to go the route of becoming a teacher but gets caught up in the um, sort of petty politics of France in Swan the 1960s. Swanson, 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 Littard, right? Would that be the yes? That's that's right. Except, but but with an, with the interesting fact that it, that at least some of that activism is actually not done in Paris, but in a in a, in a more rural environment, which makes it quite okay. interesting. Uh, not a rural environment, but but a provincial environment in the, yeah, in, right, in right. the French understanding, meaning not in Paris. Uh, and, and I do think that he's someone who, while he is an original thinker, um, and I very much think he is an original thinker, is someone who's um, sort of cultivated their originality by drawing creatively 
on um, the work of other thinkers. You know, I always think of that T.S. Eliot line that, you know, um, good poets imitate or bad poets imitate, great poets steal, you know, and and there's a little bit of that kind of element in, in Gaucher. Um, he, he was he's very, very influenced by um, two thinkers who were associated with a dissident Marxist group in France that actually is quite intellectually prominent called socialism or barbarism, socialism or barbarie. Um, and these are two really interesting thinkers, um, you know, sort of known to, to connoisseurs, but not necessarily kind of more broadly known, a little bit more so in France, Claude Lefort and Cornelius Castoriadis. Um, Gaucher studied with uh, Lefort at the University of Caen in Normandy, and um, his, his sort of interest in political thought and especially the history of democracy is crucially shaped by Lefort, even if at later points they, um, they disagreed. Um, just a couple of other things that I think are, are worth mentioning is that um, even though that suggests a fairly radical lineage because Lefort and Castoriadis were interested in sort of shifting from kind of Marxism to a, a theory of radical democracy, uh, it, it is also noteworthy that Gaucher becomes involved in a kind of rediscovery of political liberalism and the idea of democracy in the 1970s um, in a context in which those ideas are seen as being sort of quite critical of the Marxist tradition that many so-called 68ers, many of the 60s radicals um, had embraced. So right. it is worth, and, he, and in this context, another sort of figure that he kind of um, uh, fixes his star to is, uh, uh, and, and by the way, uh, Lefort and Castoriadis and those guys are all involved in this as well, um, mm -hmm. is Francois Furet, the, uh, the, the historian of the French Revolution, who was famous for developing this um, non-Marxist uh, account mm -hmm. of the French Revolution that sort of emphasizes the French Revolution as a moment in the development of democracy and a kind of problematic moment in the development of democracy, rather than emphasizing the Marxist account of class struggle and bourgeois revolution and so on. So from the outset, Gaucher's project, for, I mean, sort of two things. First of all, it is he, he, he comes to religion because of his concern with politics. And that is absolutely essential, I think, to understanding this book. And second of all, I don't want to say that this is kind of a anti-Marxist screed, but um, but but there is definitely it, it definitely comes in a context in which a certain kind of generation is trying to right. think of alternatives um, to Marxism, and that fact alone sort of situates Gaucher in a very distinct place in French intellectual politics. Um, so that's that's sort of key to the background of the book, I would say. Well, thank you. I mean, he opens up his text um, in the introduction talking about the distance between us, we moderns, and older societies, or, you know. And he says, they took the initiative where we would today be passive. And conversely, they were passive where we take the initiative. That there's this kind of, um, and he's also very adamant, he's, he's responding to the notion that there is this in, in unvarying religious function. He says, I don't, I don't accept this notion of a religious function that does not vary. So he's, he's already, he's letting you know that this is a history of discontinuity and Judeo-Christianity ushers in something 
totally new in human life, right? And that and that's very exciting. He lets it lays it very clear in his own language. Is that a good starting point? Because that's how he he starts his. I, I think that's a good starting point. I mean, you know, just maybe one other kind of uh, just sort of few other sort of quick sort of introductory points, even to sort of flesh okay. out those points, which I think you're absolutely crucial to, which are absolutely crucial and you're absolutely right to emphasize. First of all, this is the genre in which Gaucher is writing is a peculiar one and not one that the late 20th century or the 21st centuries are particularly well known for, which is the philosophy of history. Um, this is an enormously big picture book. Uh, this, this is a book that tries to explain how it all fits together. It's a history right. of the world. Um, uh, it, and, 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 and it argues that there is a basic story, a basic grand narrative that connects the history of the world. Um, and this is not a popular uh, or well-accepted uh, approach to thinking about no. history, whether in politics or in history or in philosophy, right. strongly associated with with earlier thinkers like Hegel and and right, they're kind of a little bit, yeah, perhaps you know, but, Weber, but, but yeah, I don't know. Well, that's it's, I'm I'm glad I'm very happy that you you interjected that because that's that is makes it unusual, um, but it's. Um, his claim is well. His claims are very language, and well, go go ahead. I mean, there's more, probably more to say about that. But well, um, so, so I guess the question then is is you know there, there's a lot going on in this book, and there's oh, many yeah. kind of specific yeah, and interesting sure. arguments, um, but everything fits together uh, for for Gaucher, or at least that's the the gambit mm -hmm. for him is to sort of show mm -hmm. how things fit together. I, another. Um, you know, phrase that I think about is this one that was popularized by the the British political philosopher Isaiah Berlin, who, who talks right. about hedgehog uh, divides hedgehog. thinkers into hedgehogs and foxes, right? And it, it's is it's Gaucher a hedgehog? Hmm? Is yes. Gaucher so a so the idea, just, you know, for the yeah, viewers, yeah. you know, is that is that the um, how does it go? You know, the fox knows many things, many things. but the hedgehog knows one big thing, big and thing. and it's. You know, and, and the idea is that there are certain thinkers who are interested in kind of the diversity of the world and, and the uh -huh. way thought that can approach that, whereas there's yeah. others who are looking for how everything fits together. Gaucher is very much of a, a very much of a kind of classic example of a hedgehog in that sense. Yeah. So then the question is, if you're if you're playing this game, what's the story you want to tell? Um, and and I think that has to kind of be the starting point. Um, and, 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 and to me, the sort of interest, now you're, you're absolutely right also, and we have to talk about this, that he makes a central, a crucial argument about the role that Christianity plays in world history. Mm -hmm. But I think that to, to understand that point, you have to, to, um, go back a little bit further to sort of his crucial argument, which is to say, I mean, yes, he has this idea that, that, that there's multiple forms of religion, as you said, sure. but he kind of tries to argue that there's, there's only, that there is one sort of pure form of religion religion. and everything else is kind of, uh, a, a, a sort of watering down of it. And, and, and the pure form is, is, is primitive religion. And, and the way that I would just sort of describe the, yeah. the before we have to talk about like what he means by primitive religion. Oh, right, right. He's 
right, right. There's a lot of disclaimers in his text, right? Where he, right. Where he, but the story of the book is, uh, I almost kind of like think about it as kind of like a Big Bang kind of type argument okay. that that you that the starting point is primitive religion, and mm -hmm. then there's a moment at which primitive religion kind of is abandoned or sort of blows up. And that sort of propulsive force of right. what happens when you blow up that initial framework is really the driving force of history, in a sense, yes. um, for, for Gaucher. We, and, and he calls this process not secularization, but in French, um, uh, now I'm forgetting the exact phrase, but the, uh, the, the, the departure from religion. La sortie de la religion. The exit, the exit from religion. Hmm? Well, the exit from religion, right? The so exit from religion. Thank you. That's the translation. Christianity to right. him is the religion to leave religion. Yeah. That's right. So the key thing to understand about Christianity is by the time we get to Christianity, we've already we're already in the process of leaving religion. This is the kind of this is the kind of unusual argument that uh uh, I mean, it's not that unusual. People have made versions of this, but this it, it, he has his own sort of take on this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to me, the, the sort of key thing then is, you know, what does he mean by, by this idea of primitive religion and why is everything else a kind of ongoing attempt to sort of extract ourselves from that sort of initial framework? And his key idea is that it is a form or a way of structuring society and structuring the world. Right. Um, and I think this is a particularly sort of intriguing and, and point and just sort of crucial to the overall argument, which is that what primitive religion is, and he has in mind, I mean, again, the criticism is like, what exactly does he have in mind? Does he actually have something concrete in mind? But he has something in mind, like the kind of belief systems of, of early hunter-gatherer societies. I mean, that's that's kind of what, what he's talking about about, you know, I mean, pre-Egyptian, pre-Mesopotamian, right. all that. Um, and and his, his his claim is, is that, that primitive religion is a kind of collective choice by human beings to say that they have no um, ability uh, to understand or interpret the world in which they live. Um, we have nothing to do with this world. We have nothing to do with its its ultimate purpose, its ultimate meaning. Um, uh, that's all the gods. We have nothing to do with it. Um, there's a phrase that he uses in, in one of his early essays when he's formulating this, where he calls it a debt of meaning. You know, in terms of meaning, we are not creditors. We're not people who, who are sort of creating it. We are debtors. We get it from someone else. Right. It's and, passed, and, on, passed on from tradition in a way, right? Or some kind of founding that, tradition. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You, you have to sort of accept this. And you also have to sort of accept this idea that, that according to Gaucher, that this means that um, that all this happened before us, right? That's right. You know, we, we have no agency, um, no role in how this happened, came about, you know. It's before we came. It, it just right. exists. And, 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 and I think that what interests Gaucher about this, um, and look, on, on, on strictly empirical grounds, there's all kinds of ways you can challenge this. So, so it's, it's more sort of what does Gaucher 
do with this argument okay. that I think is kind of the the interesting part. Um, and 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 the you know sort of the 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 sort of the sort of paradox, uh, and he's also a thinker who loves a paradox. Um, uh, uh, that the paradox of this argument is that it is um, a deliberate human choice right. to say that humans have no choice about how the world works. Right. And that, that I think is crucial. Like that this, this Absolutely. is. And, and, it's like we, we, we chose not to choose. We chose not to choose. That's we right. We chose not to choose um, for some kind of other functioning of society. Uh, well, as he as he puts it, and this is very, of course, not just him. This is a very popular understanding: the one, sort of total unity and, and oneness, and, and so on, right? And that's kind of uh, that world. That's such as he. That's right. Know, it's, that's, it's, it's, a certain, it's a certain conception of um, of of oneness. I mean, the way that I think about it, is, it's kind of like you know this this debt debt of meaning idea is that you know we we sort of human beings kind of create this sort of structure, but then they sort of throw away the key, you know, like, like, yeah, they, don't, they, they claim not to have the key to, to interpreting this world. Um, and, and, and something else and that I think is sort of quite important from this. And by the way, there's, there's a interesting French anthropologist, another huge influence on Gaucher that he kind of like takes this argument from is this guy, Pierre Clastre, um, who wrote this book called Society. Yeah. Right. And 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 the argument is that 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 primitive religion is a deliberate attempt to um, to avoid having a state. OK. And, and mm -hmm. specifically to avoid a certain kind of politics. And this is something very counterintuitive about Gaucher's mm -hmm. argument, but very important to it, which is that sort of the opposite of religion Mm -hmm. um, understood in its pure form as primitive religion for Gaucher is mm -hmm. not atheism or, or secular mm -hmm. society. It's politics. Okay. Yes. Um, what primitive religion does by saying that human beings have no agency, no autonomy to use another term that he likes to use, right. um, even if it's in this paradoxical gesture of, of actually displaying a certain kind of autonomy in the very choice to do this, yes, right. what it is saying is um, no individual in this society has um, the, the kind of authority um, to interpret the society and in the same gesture to, uh, to assume power. So it's a deliberate attempt to kind of create an egalitarian society yeah. by denying the existence of sort of priest priestly kings who could invoke yeah. religion to interpret it. So, um, so, so there's this kind of interesting sort of egalitarianism, um, uh, you know, um, but also no state, right. really no politics as we understand them. And also this is very important to Gaucher, no history, because you only no have history, history once you have the yeah. I, a conception of that that humans can actually make a difference in the course mm -hmm. of events, um, so that's what makes the appearance of, of the of the Christ so deeply important for him. Almost one of the impressive things about this book is that again, I know it's written by as Charles Taylor reminds us in the preface by a non-believer, 
this book could have been written by a believer in a way. There's a strange sense, right? Because it's um, because it gives so much credit to this this revolution of Christ, and that's when you enter into history, right? Really, kind of agency, right? Kind of, you know. I think that's right. I think there's one other thing that you need, which which um, yeah. which he talks about in the chapter after primitive religion, which is the state, right? Which yeah. which he strangely calls um, a religious revolution, you know. Yes. Um, and 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 the idea of the and, and again, the state and, and, and Christianity to him, I think, are very, very closely connected, strangely. Absolutely. Um, but, but, but the idea for Gaucher is that, that what happens with the invention of the state is, I mean, he, this, this is the slightly um, kind of obscure part of his argument, but, but he does sort of make these arguments that you move from a different way of having divisions in society. Under primitive religion, the division is between sort of us and the gods, but also between the, the beyond. And, and the here and the, below, yeah. say, here below and beyond, right? The here, the here below. That's right. Above, that's right. Beyond. And then there's a shift and it becomes, yeah. But, but that what, what happens with the state, and this is, and here I think he really has in mind, you know, I mean, I don't know, and this is far from my expertise, but things like, you know, the, the, the emergence of sort of priestly kings, you know, in, in Mesopotamia, um, you know, Egypt, Mesoamerica, and so on. And, and, and the argument is that, that what happens at this point is when you start to have individuals who claim to act in the name of God, something very interesting happens, which is hmm. that you, you have a social structure that recognizes the existence and legitimacy of human agency, um, and 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 this is the, this is the funny thing about the he talked you know the, the the emergence of kind of like these these sort of great powerful gods. Um, yeah. You know he he has this line that he loves mentioning in here, and this is again important for Christianity. You know mm -hmm. the um, it's something along the lines of the greater the gods, the more powerful or the more free humans are. Strangely right. enough, you know, it, it's precisely right. the kind right. of little nature gods that you have in in sort of primitive religion. And again, I apologize to all the anthropologists out there because I'm sure this is extremely sort of basic and probably wrong. But um, but but for Gaucher, you know, the the idea is that when you have, you know, a world sort of, you know, I mean, literally what Max Weber meant when he talked about the enchantment of the world, you know, the kind right. of idea that nature is sort of infused right. with spiritual forces and all that. That's actually the more constraining form of religion. Um, and it's meant to be that way um, for Gaucher. Strangely, it's when you start to have the, the development of these powerful, what he calls transcendent sort of divinities that this kind of gives, um, human beings a sort of purchase on mm. their own fate in a sense right. and this is precisely what interests them right because that leads the the that's the modern democratic right that that leads to modern democracy and things like that right when it, is, it uh, down the road it sort of takes a little about, while to get there but, but, it takes a long time yeah. it takes yeah. wars and, and shooting and violence and no, I, I think that's right. And it has something to do. I mean, and so, the, you know, like you said, this is this has to do with his kind of, you know, peculiar um, conception of Christianity as um, I mean, as as 
I mean, there's a lot that he says about uh, about the significance of Christianity, but he but he basically thinks that that the the ultimate historical significance of Christianity is that it becomes this this um, spiritual intellectual framework that um, clears the path for for human agency. Okay, which is a which is a peculiar argument, you know. I mean, um, yeah. uh, you know, Christians might say that you know Christianity is is important for any kind of number of reasons, salvation and 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 yeah. you know um, even even the sort of city of man, you know, um, having a kind of ethical basis and so on. Um, you know, and, you know, atheists might sort of see it as kind of the reign of illusion and so on like that. But, you know, Gaucher's, you know, sort of paradoxical sort of argument is that, um, that, that, that Christianity gives human beings a kind of, um, a, a kind of purchase on life, on life, on the world. And, you know, partly because he says like the very idea of the incarnation lends itself to interpretation. It's a, it's about how do we make sense of this? Um, right, and this gives us power. Gives us powers of interpreters. Yes, I definitely that think that is part of it. Powers right. to be, in some sense, decision makers. That's right. Notwithstanding whether we tell ourselves as decision makers that it isn't ultimately our decision. It's an interesting. That's the paradox. It's a little bit like it's a little bit like surrender to accomplish something, right? It, so and I think that phrase, by the way, I just want to I want to underline that because right. that's that's surrender to accomplish something. I think is um, I, that that kind of thinking is central to 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 Gaucher's argument, yes. and 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 part of its kind of mystery and peculiar nature is yeah. is is um, in in many different instances that sort of kind of structure of, of surrendering to accomplish something is is the sort of thing that he is interested in it makes total sense to me but of course i'm biased i like the book i like his argument i like the way he writes um but yet it has its detractors i mean are there i mean did you want to is it too early to get into that or is there anything i'm sorry do you want anything more you want to say no i mean i, I... I, I think I think that's right. And that maybe also helps us sort of talk about some of the the sort of later arguments in the book. You know, I mean, um, I mean, let me just, you know, you know, a few sort of quick comments. I mean, I, I, I think that he. You know, that, that I mean, he has this sort of whole argument about the development of the absolute state as being That's sort right. of something that you get to down the road um, uh, from from uh, 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 Christianity, and and he has and he also sort of believes that in a sense, kind of democracy, strangely, is always kind of just sort of the ne the next shoe dropping once you have the absolute state because fundamentally right. what the absolutist state is is about is an argument about human autonomy right you know right. um uh yeah no it, it there's the so minor the issue that is just one guy who has all the authority um that's not as important you know well because he's not looking at the initial he's not only looking at the initial tyranny of such a state of affairs as I know you had this overweening, overweening 
all-powerful absolutist Leviathan, right? Hobbes, Thomas Hobbes, Leviathan. And he's saying, don't, don't stay focused on that. He's saying, look what it leads to. Look at its undoing, right? Or look at it, right. the, the challenge to it. It's interesting, yeah. And, and he also says, I mean, the, the, the sort of specific historical argument that he makes in there is, you know, that, that as soon as you have the sort of first theorists of the absolutist state, you immediately yeah. have social contract theory because That's kind right. of because everybody sort of gets that that um, you know that 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 fundamentally what you're talking about with the absolutist state is some kind of um, uh, you know that that really sort of what you're doing is kind of authorizing. Um, uh, a human role in history or, or, or something That's like right. that. And, and here's something else that I think is, well, I think maybe we should mention this briefly and then, and then we can start talking a little bit about the criticisms if you'd like. But I mean, I think it's very, very interesting that, that a crucial argument that he makes in this book um, is uh, that a, a major part uh, and maybe the major part uh, of the, this process of exiting religion, you know, that mm -hmm. propulsive force that, um, that, that, that happens pushes. after we leave the primitive religion um, and is, is the development of subjectivity. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, this, this ties in a lot to other um, French debates from the time. It ties into the interests of you know, you mentioned Charles Taylor having written the introduction. You know, Charles Taylor has also written a lot about modern subjectivity. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and what kind of interest Gaucher is, is the, you know, I think his chapter is called something like figures of the subject, you know, and, or, right. and, and, and he, he's, he's interested in sort of the different ways in which subjectivity kind of becomes a sort of theme um, mm -hmm. in human culture, um, mm -hmm. at, in, in this process of kind of leading um, religion. So one of those forms is the state and, and the figure of the monarch, because this is, this is the, the, the sort of underlying connection between the absolutist state and modern democracy, which on, on the face of it looks kind of absurd. Um, but but his, his argument is, you know, that, that they are both sort of arguments about... Um, about there being an entity within society that is that ultimately that ultimately directs and pilots it and seeks to master it, and um, and and one way to think about that is is an absolute monarch, but but a democratic sovereign um, expressing itself through right. elections and uh, an assembly and so on could be another way to think about it. I also think it's very interesting that he. Um, you know, he, he, he gets into this argument about, um, you know, individual uh, subjectivity is something that sort of, um, you know, starts to kind of matter a lot um, mm -hmm. in, in this time period. And, and, and he sees these as kind of closely connected, I think, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, you know, this kind of desire to be um, autonomous um, individually mm -hmm. is, is something that we see in sort of, I don't know, you know, culture in the, in, in the early modern period, whether it's, you know, the enlightenment, um, whether it's in, in sort of conceptions of relationships, you know, whether it's in the idea of artistic expression, but it's also something that you see in the sort of social and political level with these various kind of attempts to, to, to yeah. sort of make arguments for 
how human beings kind of um, run society. And, and to, you know, to go back to your point, which I think, again, I think is crucial about sort of um, surrendering oneself to, to achieve something. It's, it's, you know, it's a little bit like, help me remember this, but the, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to mangle this, but, but um, the moment in the Odyssey where uh, um, Odysseus, I think has to sort of, um, uh, bind himself in a certain way when he's, I think it's when he's going through Scylla and Charybdis in order to be able to sort of pilot the ship and not be, um, uh, uh, um, you know, drowned, right. You know, so, so, and, and, and again, that kind of, um, uh, you know, structure, I think sort of, you know, uh, recurs, um, repeatedly in this book and, and you know one quote that i that i read and again he can be kind of obscure at, at times this is on page 172 of the translation that i was thinking about um as i was uh at least rereading parts of this um in the context of our conversation um he says actually we are still scarcely in a position to know what the fully developed subject form would be like um, what we can clearly discern is that it would be far removed from the traditional idea of subjectivity and its assumed prerequisites. Mm-hmm. Much ground remains to be explored if we are to understand the operating conditions of a being for itself, endowed with thought, which simultaneously only exists through itself. Brief, I'm skipping a little bit. Briefly, okay. what could lay the foundation for the existence of something like an autonomous self? Um, concepts for thinking about post-religious man do not yet exist. So what, here's what I think he's saying here. Very, very, very to sort of be very, to sort of really kind of distill this, because I know it's, you know, um, it's fancy philosophy, uh, but is, is, is that he's trying to say, I think, that, that fundamentally um, the very idea of subjectivity, you know, the very idea of, of an entity that calls itself I and that thinks of itself as purely capable of self-action is actually a very confusing and obscure and mysterious concept. And here's the reason why is because most of the time subjectivity can only develop um, in confrontation with its opposite. You know, right. we, 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 and it's, it's a, it's a, in some ways a sort of basic idea. We, we only, experience all the aspects that we we associate with subjectivity you know such as i don't know freedom thinking for oneself and so on um when when according to gaucher when we um confront other forces that would deny us that and and so um and and i and i think that um i think that he sort of sees and and you know and what he's and, and this is why religion matters because what he is trying to say is that what interests Gaucher fundamentally is the emergence of politics and democratic politics and the kind that's of individual subjectivity that's connected to it but his argument is we can only understand those efforts as, insofar as they are attempts to kind of wrest that autonomy from the thing that that we are sort of hardwired um, to set up as um, a contrast to it or as as a as an obstacle to it which is religion um, right. and and so you know I mean so for and, and so I think 
again, just, you know, uh, um, you know, and I think this sort of has a lot to do with his idea of democracy, because I think I think what he sees democracy as um, as do, as doing is is as is kind of um, blending, in a sense, um, you know, a, a certain kind of individual um, claim to freedom with a um, collective exercise of power, but that does in a funny kind of way hark back to this kind of religious idea of um, uh, the, uh, the collective. So here's, here's uh, the issue. Gaucher is fundamentally trying to make an argument for the, the spiritual, if you will, significance um, of, of uh, human autonomy and sees democratic uh, politics as the ultimate expression of that. Absolutely. But it but it only is effective and only clear when it has a, a clear obstacle that it is resisting. Um, hmm. And 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 I think that that's and I think that what's happened. Is, so beginning in sort of the 80s and 90s, Gaucher started writing for this journal that he's associated with with these pieces that are kind of pieces of cultural criticism in which he is seen as kind of being very critical of contemporary individualism. Um, in various forms. And and I think his argument is basically when we don't have religion and its various um, and various kind of stand-ins for for religion, um, you know, which could be things like conservative social institutions or something like that. When we don't have those to resist anymore, we get lost. And so we have we have um, autonomy but without the understanding of autonomy that comes when we are resisting religion and religious like things. Mm-hmm. This is the paradox of Gaucher because he's, he, he wants to be a liberal. You need something, you need something to fight against, to have a yes. thing, thing that, to actually be a subject to fight. That's right. right. Or be, a, be a subject of any kind. Right. I mean, I think, that's yeah. right. Right. And, yeah. and he thinks that, and he thinks that basically we get confused when we, um, try to create that sort of purely autonomous self, um, you know, with, without, without that um, sort of foil um, to construct it. And what this means in practice is in terms of like these specific interventions that Gaucher makes, and I, I'm not an expert in these and I haven't looked deeply into them, but it, it means that he is sort of quite critical of, or at least skeptical about sort of the coherence of what he sees as extreme forms of individualism. And you can, I don't know, you or maybe the viewers sort of see where this is going. Um, so certain forms of, of, of feminism uh, sort of become sort of examples of this, you know, certain forms of, um, of uh, I don't want to say gay rights exactly, but, you know, there's, there's a whole sort of debate in France about gay civil unions in the, ni- in the 90s or, or same-sex civil unions in the 90s and then same-sex marriages. Um right. And, and, and Gaucher's, you know, sort of view, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure, but I could be wrong that he ever actually says, like, we shouldn't do those things. But I I think that he believes that they kind of lose their coherence when there is a kind of, I don't know, sort of, you know, um, project for individual autonomy and emancipation that, that, you know, doesn't, you know, have these kind of collective forces that it kind of is invigorated by opposing or something like that, you know, yeah. and I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite uh, comfortable. I'm not, I'm uncomfortable 
with those views of his. I mean, what I mean is that, you know, I'm perfectly willing to accept that a, 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 a guy could write a book as remarkable as this book and still be wrong about a great many things. And it's not, you know, just it's a given for me if he is wrong about things, right? So he's not, he's not a saint and he's not ready. Right? So, so um, it's interesting. And even, well, his wife is glad, partner is Gladys Swain, right? Is that correct? Or? Yes, and she, but she, um, she passed away a long time ago, actually. Okay, well, okay, well, that's that's very sad. But didn't didn't they, as a couple, argue with Foucault over empirical issues of prisons and conditions of prison? Wasn't there? Is that a is that too far off topic, or is it? No, it's yeah. Again, what, going back to that hedgehog idea, what's interesting about yeah. Gaucher is I. There's really no argument in him that that doesn't sort of more or less quickly get back to the arguments of this book, the disenchantment of no. the world. You know, and this this is I mean, this is what I think is 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 it kind of can give one pause about about those sort of cultural positions that he's that he's right. making because because he is trying to say that that um, that when we get so sort of far in this kind of disintegrating process of exiting religion that we don't have this kind of religious foil anymore that, that we, you know, we, we get a bit lost. And, and so, so he, he would try and connect those arguments even to this book. And then, then what you're referring to is actually an earlier book. Um, but although I do believe that um, interestingly, it was published in the same series as Madness uh, and Democracy. Yes. And in French, it's called La Pratique de l'Esprit Humain, which sort of roughly translates as the practice of the human mind. Huh. And and really, what it, and, it's, and it's published in 1980, and it is co-authored by Gaucher, and I don't know if, if she was his wife or partner, but uh, Gladys Swain, um, who was who was a psychiatrist, I believe, uh, and um, and they wrote a number of pieces together. And what's interesting is that two things. First of all, the even though it is kind of a history of um, madness and, 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 and asylums, uh, it is also sort of very, you, you very much sort of see the attempts by Gaucher to sort of um, connect that history to a history of democracy. And then secondly, it's, it's anti-Foucault. Um, right. Now, it, and it's and it's really um, its criticism is not so much the prison book um, Discipline and Punish as um, uh, Man Man civilization. civilization, the right. the first right. big book Histoire de la folie à l'âge classique, folie des raisons, and um, and and basically <laughs> he says Foucault gets it exactly wrong, right? Um, uh, and this that's why I'm glad I'm glad we did this follow up to our last episode because yeah. we want to have. Point counterpoint, you want to have balance and sort of different, different. Yeah, and, so, you know, so basically he says, you know, Foucault makes this, you know, famous argument that that um, that what happens to, to madness in in modern times is that it it becomes something that is excluded, and that's the way that we should understand what what the invention of the insane asylum is. You know, in yeah. the late eighteenth, early nineteenth century, previously madness had sort of even if it was viewed as taboo and religiously problematic in various ways, it was nonetheless, <laughs> Foucault argued, kind of woven into society. Woven into society right? and, and at a certain point, it gets um, excluded and the insane asylum is kind of the, 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 the 
the sort of concrete form that that exclusion takes. Without getting into the, all of Foucault's argument, Gaucher and Swain say it's exactly the opposite, that the, that the, um, that the, the way to understand what modern psychiatry is and, and by extension, um, psychiatric hospitals and asylums and so on is, is precisely um, an attempt to, uh, is, these institutions are precisely aimed at inclusion. They specifically use the term inclusion to contrast it to um, exclusion. And, and in a sense, kind of what their argument is, is that what psychiatric institutions are trying to do is this. They say the mad have lost their reason have mm-hmm. lost their autonomy. They have become, I, I don't think, I'm not sure that they say this, um, but but this is sort of the, the, the sort of gist of it, yes, the connected yeah. the, the disenchantment. The gist of it is the mad have kind of become religious, <laughs> again, you might right, say, yeah. because yeah. because they they have they have lost the capacity for autonomy. And so the right. purpose of psychiatric institutions is to reintegrate them into society by coming up with all these strategies um, for getting them to be autonomous individuals again through socializing them through through trying to sort of you know um, kind of uh, sort of smoke out the, the reason that is seen as alienated and things like that so um, so so their argument is that actually the development of psychiatric institutions is, um, a, a sort of major part of this this kind of um, you know of, of sort of the the culture, if you will, of of democratic societies, you know, which which are which are basically kind of anchored on on the idea of um, the achievement of autonomy. Um, right. Oh, totally ignored the book. Um, Foucault yeah. never never said it. it. It came out in 1980, so he was still alive, and he. he oh yeah. Well, that's that's I really enjoyed this. Um, and of course, this is what he's done recently. This little thing on Robespierre, but I don't know. Yeah, I have not. Um, but I don't want to get into all that now. But is there anything before we conclude that you want to say in addition to about religion or this whole or or Gaucher today or is there? Well, I I think that um, you know um, I mean he's he's. Uh, I mean this in kind of a good way. He's he's a bit of an oddball as a thinker, um, mm-hmm. you know, because no one really likes philosophy of history, um, or mm. at least it has at least it has a kind of bad reputation among academics. Let me put it that way. Okay. So that's um, part of the criticism thing. It's it's sort of fallen out of favor what he's what yeah. he's doing. I imagine it has two groups of foes. I imagine the sort of scientific history. Or natural science-oriented history really dislikes it because it's too speculative, and right. I imagine them saying it's a form of charlatanism and right. the just so story. But probably it has foes among continental radical who are, who are themselves also anti-empirical because it's too conservative or something, or too. Or too yeah. um, I'd imagine they would say that it's too top-down, too reductionist. I don't know. Am I, is that fair? Is that kind of the? Too I think that's. I think that's right. And I also yeah. I also think that uh, yeah no I think that's exactly right and yeah. and clearly the, the the big sort of beef that people have with Gaucher is um, is is there is a kind of I mean for one of 
of a better term, a kind of, you know, leftist element in, in, in French intellectual politics that, um, you know, that, that doesn't like this guy being the sort of person who gets to talk about democracy all the time because they think he's right. essentially kind of a conservative. Um, right. And there's some, tr you know what, there's some truth to that, but, but, but I mean, the interesting thing Hold that thought. When you say there's truth that are you informed by the Alan Boudoir Gaucher debate? Did that come out in that debate? Because it's fairly recent, right? Mid 2000s. And is that was that? Yeah. And Boudoir, of course, is, is the left, right? He was after Roy. But, but Gaucher will say that he's philosophically socialist, right? That's you know what I mean? Right. So, um, but he's not. He's not a conservative. Like he's not a communist. You know, I mean. But you still identifies with with a certain kind of communism. Gaucher does yeah. not do that. Um, that. That itself is just an enormous difference. I mean, because Bedouin is actually has not de-Stalinized, maybe or not de, yeah. de Maoist. He's not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to. But but I, I think it also. <laughs> it's I mean, funny. I mean, the, 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 first of all, there's just a, there's an issue of intellectual style, which is, you know, that, I mean, Gaucher is not someone who is, you know, primarily focused on using intellectual work to um, to support the emancipatory projects of particular groups. Right. You know, I mean, that's, oh, yeah. yeah, I He's mean, and, yeah. and there's plenty of, there's plenty of intellectuals in the world and, and in France, you know, who, who do think that is what the app, the, the, the task should be. And Gaucher is, 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 doesn't see himself that way. There's also a complaint that he talks to politicians too much. Um, that, you know, that there's, I think this is true, but I've never actually sort of done the history on it. There's an argument that um, Jacques Chirac, of all people, you know, um, of, of all the sort of, you know, conventional po politicians you can imagine in 1995 sort of borrowed, got, you know, used this campaign slogan that originated with Gaucher. Um, okay. So there's, there's stuff like that. Um, but I also th I think that I think the issue, in a sense, is deeper, which, which is... Um, you know, it has to do with with his actual philosophical claims, which I I do think are interesting. Which, which and it goes back to that 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 sort of, um, you know, line that you used earlier about sort of surrender. I mean, you know that that I mean, it, it, there is this idea in in Gaucher that um, that that the 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 the, the, the modern idea of subjectivity mm -hmm. and the idea of autonomy. You know, the idea of right. self legislation that that right, i have the ability to run my own life that there there is an idea i actually think a lot of this is kind of rooted in psychoanalysis oh, yeah. um that 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 is a um puzzling and confused concept um i mean just you know briefly I mean, yeah. you know if, if freud with sigmund freud and and especially some of his french followers like the the notorious uh, French psychoanalyst Jacques Lacan, you know, the whole idea is the way that we become um, a person, a subject who, according to Freud, accepts the idea of the reality principle is by um, the renunciation of instinctual desire and the and the identification with a certain kind of authority figure, you know, the so-called father figure. And Jacques Lacan, right. the father figure, becomes 
what he calls the symbolic order, language as such. But the idea is that, you know, the way that we actually kind of become functioning selves is, is through that very task of surrender that you just described, right? Like through, through, now we don't, we, we can't over identify with, with, the, with, the, with authority because that makes us messed up in other ways. Sure. But, but there is this idea that it's, it, you know, this, this sort of strange gesture. It's like w- when I give up on the idea that I simply will just try and realize and satisfy all of my instinctual needs, but, but identify with a kind of structure, that's when I become an actual subject. And I do. And, and I think that that is very that I think that some version of that argument runs very, very deep in, in Gaucher and, and that he extends it to understanding democracy. Like and, and and a key point here, I think, is is and this this almost sort of ties into more sort of all sort of classic political philosophy debates is sort of mm-hmm. the connection between like how, where in democracy, how in democracy do individual rights fit in with sort of the collective exercise of authority. Right. Yeah. And, and I and, and I think this is something that Gaucher is very, very concerned with. I think I yeah. uh, I think to me, the force of those individualistic essays or critiques yeah. of individualism that he's writing in the 80s and 90s is to say um, everybody kind of wants individual rights. But but people have sort of are losing this kind of sense of the importance of participating in politics and civic activism. I mean, you know, in, he, you, you could say that he's kind of a very fancy sort of French philosophical take on, on, on someone like, you know, Robert Putnam, you know, who has this, the bull, you know, yeah, I mean, people, guy. you know, you know, Putnam's it's, also, it's also similar to Christopher Lash and yes. Uh, oh, he's totally Christopher Lash. I mean, there's a French scholar who says that Gaucher's problem is that he's actually too much he likes Christopher Lash too much. Um, and I think, no, I, th- I think he is very much that type Have they of thing, met? you know, and, Hmm? Do they meet each other, Lash and Gaucher ever? Do you know if they cross? I don't think so. No. Gaucher also apparently doesn't doesn't um, doesn't travel much. Uh, he, okay. He's uh, yeah, he's he's, he's a little bit like he's like Eric Romer in that sense. Or he maybe has a fear, right? Oh, Eric really? Romer had a fear of fear of um, flying, didn't he? That's oh really? He yeah, I'm not sure Gaucher takes many trains either, but you know, but but I don't it, know it, that. I just I have heard people. Yeah. I, I've heard people say that, but you know, you know, like but the, the the Putnam idea that well, okay, people still bowl, but they're not bowling in bowling leagues anymore. That's right. And and when people don't bowl in bowling leagues, there's something that gets lost. You know, this kind of social capital thing. Yeah. I, I actually do think that that is a is a significant part of what Gaucher is getting at. You know, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of he he puts it on a little bit more sort of philosophical steroids, but but mm-hmm. but it's some version of that idea you know like that that we we that that when we try to kind of just strike out on our own there is something that we lose not just in the sense of a collective but we lose the the element of collective life um and a sense of otherness and transcendence that actually is crucial to the development of our very individuality and subjectivity. So it's it's kind of like a mistake to sort of become too much of an individual because you lose the resources for being an individual, something like that. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, well. That's uh, I'm very excited with this episode, and I think we covered a lot in a um, timely fashion. And I want to wish you bon voyage. You're going to France this week. Merci. Thank you. Safe travels and. Um, 
Thank you for your generosity and covering, I think, an underrated thinker, Marcel Gauthier. I think he's not classifiable as conservative, of course, even though they some say he is. Um, sure. I think he's, he's he's his own man, as they used to say, own person. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I would just say he's he's worth looking into. You know, he's an, uh, he's, he's an interesting figure. He's, he's a little bit, you know, I, as I think this conversation shows, he's a little bit difficult to explain. There's, there's, a, <laughs> yes. there, there's a lot of complexity um, in his thought, but I, but I do think he actually is someone who's talking about the world and has interesting things to say. Yes. And in that complexity, he's very French. He's a very good guy, you could say. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.